<clears throat> All right, Assalamualaikum. Are people there yet? Yeah. Well, this has been a, this has been an adventure. <laughs> so, for those of you who are are uh, joining us, and uh, apologies for the late start, um, we you know, it's sort of the no matter how well you plan, and sometimes your plans are lies the best of planners. So, this is one of our learning moments. So we're with you finally, although a little bit late, but not there for the whole month of Ramadan. And I'm truly hoping that if uh, you, if you're unable to hear us, you'll let us know what we have. Uh, we've been dealing with these technical difficulties. In any case, say Jawad Tashwini. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you, Dr. Hassan. Uh, could you let us know if uh, people, you know, in the comment section are listening, they're able to hear? All right, I think we're good. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Um, I'd like to congratulate you all on the beginning of the most blessed month out of the year. Its days are the most blessed days. Its hours are the most blessed hours. Um, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us all to do justice to this most beautiful spiritual month, inshallah. And and so for for this particular month, this month, this year, we sort of thought about about how can we best serve and engage the community in a way that is is contemporary, it's it's meaningful, it matters of today's issues. So we kind of sat down and came up with a bunch of uh, topics that that seem to be hitting the news lately, and and there's some question as to how the interpretation of Islamic law needs to be applied to this thing. And for today, our topic that we chose was AI, artificial intelligence, in and Islamic law, and. And, you know, for there's a huge spectrum of people when it comes to knowledge about AI out there. So there's many of you who are experts in, in programming and yourself, and there's some who are uh, quite unaware of what it means. And, and, and so for those who, those who are unaware, artificial intelligence in simplest terms is, is allowing programming machines programming computers to make decisions that humans would have to make on an ongoing basis. That is a very simple, basic way of thinking about it. An example of this would be uh, a um, driving a car, a car that drives itself, makes decisions, it takes a look and sees whether someone's crossing the road and decides whether to go forward or to stop. Those kind of ongoing decisions that humans make can be made by a computer. And so the question comes out, well, where is there a problem when a computer is making decisions for human beings? Now, can I let Kazumi uh, give us some thoughts about it? Um, and I'll, I'll, come, I'll, I'll present you with some specific um, issues that might happen yeah. as we go. So uh, if you don't mind, 
uh, yourself and our viewers. Uh, obviously, there's a time restraint because we're we're here in Houston and we're getting closer to the FDR. So we'll get the conversation started today, but we will most we we will most certainly kind of give it justice and and dwell into it further tomorrow. What I want to say is. Um, in the beginning, as as my intro kind of into trying to understand this, is um, Islam is a religion that's meant to stay alive. It's not a religion that can be out of date. So the tools necessary for us to continue uh, to be relevant uh, are there, okay? Now, if we, for whatever reason, are not relevant anymore, or our rules are not being able to keep up with, with contemporary issues, uh, no matter how complex they may be, I think it is, um, you know, the lack of our, it's the lack of our ability to use the tools available to us, just like what just happened. You know, yeah. we had too much technology, uh, and unfortunately, we couldn't operate. Uh, you know, I think we were humbled. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyways, what happens is, I want to say, Islam and the tools that are given to us, whether it's the Holy Quran, whether it is, you know, the traditions of the Prophet Muhammad and the infallibles, the consensus and agreement among scholars on certain issues, they are not there to become a roadblock for us to adopt AI, to see the future from, you know, an artificial intelligence perspective and, and how that's going to integrate into our lives. Mm -hmm. um, similarly for, you know, all the other topics that I think we're, probably going to be speaking about such as like cryptocurrencies and, and mining and, and, and even things like cloning and, and, and whatnot. I think, you know, if, if human beings have been able to advance themselves to an area, then Islam has to not make life difficult, but has to give solutions of how to make it easier. Because the question that comes up first is, well, look, this is a, it's a computer programming concept. What business does Islam have? getting involved in it to begin mm -hmm. with. Okay. Right? That that would be a that would be the first thing if, if someone was looking at something, well, is there really any role for this mm -hmm. at all? And those are some of the questions we'll have to discuss. Plus, plus, uh, and, and this may be part of our ongoing um, questions uh, coming up over the next few days, is that if you think of the early AI, the earliest AI, so to speak, was in fact the attempt to try and track the sighting of the moon. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and 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 the argument is then is well, okay, then why don't we follow it according mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the sighting guideline? So mm -hmm. a lot of questions that arise from it. And mm -hmm. I and the reason I throw it out is because I want to encourage our viewers to come up with some of the hard questions as we go along. Um, I think that's what will make this conversation a lot more interesting and probably a lot more different than any other discussion out there yeah did you have anything specific because i what i have in mind is you know today is there a way for islam not to have a say because obviously islam is a way of life it is our religion that um doesn't just tell us how to perform acts of worship but you know it tells us how to live our life almost every aspect of our life so today uh, think of your day this morning um, and until 
the, the night that we sleep, we're, we're pretty much controlled by AI, even though if we, if we, if we, we're not aware. Of it. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> 1984 all over again. You know, because I'll tell you, uh, let's say you're, you're, uh, you're shopping on Amazon, right? And, uh, you're looking for this particular mic, but Amazon wants to kind of suggest something better, whether it's your budget, whether it's, you know, it's figured out what kind of, you know, you're not, I'm not a musician. You're not a musician. It, uh, it predicts that you also need the wire with it. It also predicts that you need a little air thing with it. Absolutely. It predicts that you may want to get lighting alongside a bit if you're going to do this. Yes. Right. So now it's, it's a lot more than just the. Now imagine for kids who are born, you know, from the moment they're born until they're teenagers, they're, you know, they're, they're checking in everything, every moment of their lives with this, with the internet. Right. So the internet knows who their friends are because of Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and all their social media. The internet also does know their interests um, in terms of, you know, the videos they watch, the music, the celebrities they follow, the Google search engine they use. Now, the idea is the internet will be able to give solutions to major problems that could occur prior, you know, it could be that hypothetically, let's say, uh, if the internet comes and tells me your son at the age 15 or 16 is most likely going to fall into the such and such problem. Let's say there's an alert that, it, you know, it gives me an alert. Now, um, it, this is already happening with a lot of governments, uh, they they have a way for them to kind of realize how you react to certain specific news, right? And based on that, they give you a specific category. Are you? Um, I, I guess from the standpoint of of the overall picture, why does Islamic law have to apply. When does Islamic law have to apply when something is comes up? And the way I kind of always understood it as to to maximize the good and prevent the harm associated with any one of those items. I mean, let's let's take something really very simple. Let's say uh, you come up with a brand new invention, uh, you know, the invention of paper, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 you think about it. Oh, what's there for Islam to get involved? Well, mm -hmm. it depends how you utilize that thing for that and if there's people that are getting harmed, whether it's the environment or whether it's so and so forth, then it steps in and says, okay, this is the sad use, but you need to minimize the harm. This is where it gets to. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of the mindset of the philosophy behind using Islamic law application in artificial intelligence because the harm prospect or the unethical prospect is mm -hmm. very high with these. And that's that's what I hope we'll discuss. So, how much uh, time do you anticipate we have? Um, you know, I uh, I think that what if if you don't mind, um, do you want to kind of talk about uh, AI or leave it? Let's so we start we start yeah. fresh tomorrow yeah, because based on what you said, I understand what you said, and I'll tell you, it's it's more than we can imagine because. Um, now, is it ethical for governments or for companies or for businesses to spy on their clients to kind of figure out what they desire? Okay, let's say 
Hmm. I want to give you the best medicine possible. I want to provide you with the best, uh, you know, sound for you to be uh, relaxed. Let's say, you know, I, I, I know everything about you and I know before you go to sleep, you have a hard time to sleep, but I, I will create meaning the computer, meaning the internet, meaning AI, I can create the sound, which is a mix of nature and music and whatever it is that puts you to sleep in five minutes. I think to the most but, part when it comes to adults, you opt in or opt out of it at the front. So if you don't want to have Alexa next to you making suggestions, you're still awake. Can I play some yeah. music for you that's going to put you to sleep? If you don't want that, you just don't have to get into it. I wonder, I wonder technology-wise, are they really, are we, do we really have a choice or, or we think we do? Yeah, because, you know what my wife did? She unplugged it. She said, I don't like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I wonder even when you unplug it, because what I've heard about the iPhone or Apple products is they never turn off. Uh, there is some reserved battery life where basically even if you say no to any of the, uh, you know, location yeah, finder yeah, or whatever. You're treading from, from AI and it's ethics. <laughs> into a conspiratorial. No, no, no. Okay, hypothetically, let's say that I, I, have, a, I have a company and, and, uh, and, and is it ethical for me? I have a government. I have, I have a masjid, right? I, is it ethical for me to kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like in order for me to give you better solutions, better lectures, better it's, it's uh, content. Taught. It's expected. It's taught. And those who don't do it are the ones who tend to fall behind. This is, uh, from an emotional standpoint, this is emotional intelligence to a large degree to understand what your, your employees' needs are, their emotional things that I need to cater to make them a happier employee or so on and so forth. That's just being one example. Uh, frankly, that doesn't really go against, um, it doesn't in and of itself go against any, any ethical issues unless, unless it's used for the purpose of manipulating him and to the detriment of that person. So, so one, could make an argument that it could be it could be that it's not to the detriment of that person it could actually be good for them but is spying good uh, is it allowed is it is it ethical to i don't call it spying uh -huh. spying you purchase that item you brought it in and you know mm -hmm. the kind of information it gives you mm -hmm. and you're willing to live with it and enjoy it okay it's it's the it's when you start using subversive tactics to sell cigarettes to kids, for example, or to promote unhealthy food or, or behavior patterns. Now, there's potential problem. And again, you can say, look, that's an adult, that's that thing, which is fine. But then now there's also children and people who are less educated and less savvy when it comes to being able to sort out issues. And that's when you get in real problems. That's when it becomes a bad thing. Mm -hmm. At least that's why overall overarching philosophy mm -hmm. now uh, there's another complete completely kind of different take on this and that is the role of scholars you know today who's analyzing the text the scripture the quran the hadith and who is analyzing the problems that come along with it for example you look at the quran you look at the hadith you look at sounds a little 
is a little low. <clears throat> we'll probably just have to, under the circumstances, speak up a little bit. <laughs> Folks, so, this is, I expect this to resolve over the next uh, day as inshallah. we mature in our uh, presentation to you. This is part of our, our learning process. So let me just say this and we'll kind of wrap up for today and we'll try to figure out how we can kind of have a better show for tomorrow. So imagine two things. One is, as a scholar, I may be able to, in a lifetime, analyze, let's say, 20,000 books, hypothetically. And this is somebody who's literally 24-7 with the books, right? I can create a law or extract a fatwa based on the 20,000, 30,000, let's say even 100,000 hadiths that I have read in the, in the books and the Quran, right? Now, you take that information, there's one issue, so there's one, but you can take that information and give it to a computer and have the computer examine it and analyze it and come up with you know, a, a completely different response. The other is no, I have given this fatwa now and it's out on the street and now I'm waiting to hear back from the community, the people to see how they've reacted towards it. Now you might say, well, that's not important. If it's halal, it's halal, it's haram, it's haram. That's not the case. Um, in many occasions, we do have Islamic verdicts that once they become something called a burden, they become burdensome upon the majority of people, then the law has to change. Uh, it's not that, you know, um, we say, no, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, let everybody... Uh, so 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 let's say there is a law that we kind of and it takes me a long time to realize whether this is a burdensome law or not versus if it's the computer it can kind of realize this much faster and 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 in a, and in a more accurate sense right. so you can try and see what kind of financial um, impact it's had by looking at bank accounts over the course of large population and seeing that ever since this law was enacted on the that you may have other impacts or or health wise but I think here's here's the large degree I think you end up making the distinction between knowledge and information and and up until now, at least, and there may be a point in the future where, where AI is capable of true uh, knowledge. Because right now, it's mostly information. And it's, it's, it's data. You put it it's much like going online on a uh, website and typing in a particular word. For example, you want to put alcohol. How many times does it say alcohol in the front? You put it in, and you may say, well, it never says that. So you say, well, alcohol is not mentioned in the Quran. Well, that's information, right? But then you turn around and say, yeah, but intoxicating substances are the equivalent of okay. is, is okay. where it comes. So an AI may miss that piece and say, it's hello, because it doesn't forbid it. But the interpretation and the knowledge that comes from the scholar mm -hmm. is what defines it. I don't think it's going to be much different. We'll leave this for tomorrow than what you guys as physicians would probably have to face. All this data coming to you, analyzing the data, examining the data, giving the best solution to the people versus a, a religious scholar that would have to look at, you know, all this data coming in from, uh, you know, from people and, and how they've reacted to it. Uh, having to 
who ruled as a religious person or, or gave up based on empirical information. And while we're doing the research study to see and then making a decision, or being asked to do that. For example, what if in the ICU I said, does, does prayer really matter? And you said, of course it matters. And I said, okay, let's do a double-blinded study where half the people in the ICU get prayed upon and the other half don't care. Mm -hmm. so, and let's see what it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree because I saw that uh, in Poland they had an, an invention of a priest, a Catholic priest, that is a robot that uses AI to uh, to pray for you, to answer your religious questions, to help you write your will, and of course it was messing up. You know, it wasn't. Uh, it was, but I think to some extent I'm happy to see that we will be in a place where, with artificial intelligence we will be able to better understand the needs of the people. And then Islam, like I said, look, Islam is meant to make life easy for you, right? So uh, there could be laws, regulations, restrictions that we just simply have misunderstood that they really may have made, you know, people's life difficult. And it is time to, obviously, I don't say change, but re-examine, understand things better. Um, put things in perspective. For example, if we had data on how many nine-year-olds and how they, they react towards fasting in the month of Ramadan, you know. So we'll talk about all those things tomorrow, but I think it's interesting to kind of also hear your perspective on how AI is changing your field of work. And um, and also, I'll, uh, inshallah, I'll, I'll give kind of three different levels of how AI can start playing a role immediately into a religious, uh, you know, the religious realm and, and how if it kind of perfects itself in the long run, possibly complement, you know, uh, could, could it be possible that the greatest, you know, the marja ala, the great, the great marja of our time is, uh, is an AI computer, you know, is, it, is that possible? We'll answer that tomorrow. So we might be sending emails to God. Besides the fact that, you know, they have to be just and adil, but I wonder if, you know, is it possible to even, you know, fix the whole just, being just, can, can that computer then be just? Some people are saying it's possible. Can it uh, make the most moral decision? Some people are saying it's possible. <laughs> Inshallah. Yeah, let's make it challenging. I'm very happy uh, that we finally got... Uh, Got to uh, be on air and spend some time with the friends, but inshallah we'll be we'll be back tomorrow and uh, and please do forgive us for uh, you know for coming on late and, and not being so technically prepared. Thank you so much.